making a baby is a miracle. Okay. Babies are miracles and they're not, it, the process isn't supposed to be perfect. And when you do IVF, you are taking a process that is supposed to be a miracle that just happens. And you are trying to make it perfect because in order to get to the stage of taking out the egg, making an embryo, putting it back in the whole thing, it's got to all line up and be quote unquote perfect. And when you do that, you're asking for roadblocks. Okay. And sometimes people get lucky and they don't, but most times there's going to be roadblocks. So like now we're trying to mechanically make something happen, which is such an amazing thing that we have this opportunity and that we are all like able to do this, but it doesn't mean that it's just going to happen. You have to understand that you're, 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 you're taking something that's supposed to be done miraculously and naturally somewhat, and you're really making it into like a science project. Two years ago, at six months pregnant, we lost our baby girl to an undetected external infection. And what has followed took us down a path we could never have predicted. You know, I was used to getting pregnant quickly and unassisted. The infertility journey came as a surprise. No one talked to me about getting my ovarian reserve tested. You know, no one told me that just because I got pregnant easily with my first and my second, it it didn't mean that I could expect the same with my third or fourth for that matter. I thought IUIs were a for sure thing. I thought IVF was a one month process and that that's just the physical part. All these assumptions were incorrect, but why would I know any better? I'm Emily Geds, and this is the Day One Podcast, a show dedicated to the unspoken side of fertility. Here I share my story and bring together moms, dads, parents to be, doctors, specialists, and healers to help break stigmas, normalize the conversation. Let's bring education to the forefront and most importantly, build a community so the journey doesn't feel so lonely. Episode 10, wow, milestone for day one. Couldn't think of a better person to um, celebrate this milestone than bringing on Catherine Garbarino, known as KGMTL for some. She is uh, a very well-known voice and founder of Girls Living Well, a lifestyle platform for all things health, wellness, beauty, food, and fashion. And she is in the midst of um, an over five-year fertility journey that started like basically day one after getting married. So she's really been in the trenches um, with her husband for a long time. She's been open about it on her channel, but this is really the first time she's given that really deep dive. So grateful to have her on. This conversation is energetic, authentic, passionate. Um, It's really a pleasure. And it is entitled Roadblocks. I think Catherine, you know, does an amazing job describing the ins and outs of Um, IVF and the expectations um, to have going into it which are that there are going to be roadblocks Um, and it's not just in through IVF it's it's just really been through her past five years different roadblocks she's come up against and how she's figured those out and the truth is is they're just roadblocks they will clear Um, and I felt that it was just such a great name to um, encapsulate our conversation so it's a good one. Also, um, take a listen. And Catherine has generously offered to do 
uh, an Instagram live next week, which will take place September uh, 14th at 11 a.m. Eastern. So um, enjoy. Catherine, welcome. Hello. I am. Just asked me to like continue if I would accept being recorded. (laughs) You're like, do you know what I do for a living? Zoom. I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) Zoom. Well, I am stoked to have you on the show. I mean, you um, been going through a lot recently. So just to have you like healthy and sane today, I'm, I'm just over the moon. So same (laughs) for those that don't know, you've just gotten over um, COVID. Yeah. I just had it. Like I've been out of isolation for a week. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's a wild, it's no joke. I'll say that. Yeah. And it's funny. We were mentioning before a little bit that like you think fertility and how insane fertility yeah. is would prep you, but I know, right. It was even, well, cause like, because really, I think for me, obviously like, it's not a joke. I mean, you're sick and like the symptoms are weird, definitely a weird virus, but then mentally it's the worst. Cause like mentally, first of all, you're isolated. Like my husband didn't have it. So we were like isolated from each other. I didn't want to be near my dog. Cause I didn't want the dog. Oh to, God, like, you not it. near your dog. Was that harder than I? That probably was harder it was than just husband. Like weird, like, <laughs> yeah. It just the whole thing was just like really weird, and obviously we know that so many people, you know, healthy young people get it and they fully recover. But you're always like, am I going to be that one person that like it goes bad for? And the more isolated you are, and like the like you know, you're not really distracted by data. You're just like in it, and like what we were saying before, it's like you would think that after being through fertility where you have no control over anything, you've learned to like, just let go to the process that I would be good. But like my mind for whatever reason, and I think it has to do with fertility as well. I think I'm always so strong in my journey, like in everything I've been doing that this time I was like, I'm just going to like mentally, physically, everything just like succumb to this. And like, I'm not happy that I did that, but it is what it is. Well, you know, you have to, to continue to keep going in fertility. It's so much yeah. strength that you're just like, I am I'm tired. I just, yeah. Like, you know, your cup was already overflowing, even mentally yeah. dealing with everything. Right. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do now? Um, and, and on that point, like, obviously why you're here is you have had, like, we've had a little bit of a conversation prior to this. Yeah. Really. Uh, uh, years of this fertility journey. And I want to dig into that. I know you've shared, um, on your channel and you've, um, used your platform as a space to build awareness for a conversation that not a lot of people are happening. And I'm sure that you've helped so many people in your community by doing that. So like, thank you. First of all, yeah, I mean, I haven't shared like two, like I've shared a lot of it, but not every single thing. Um, but I'm always there for people in my community to come to like in the DM and to talk about it. Cause at the end of the day, like no matter how many people will say to you, like, I'm so sorry, or I get it, or I can't imagine you only get it when you're in it. Like it's, it just is what it is. It's like a sisterhood, you know? So for those that are listening, who don't know your story, 
Yeah. Where do you want to start with that? So basically it just really starts with the fact that like me and my husband have unexplained infertility, I guess. And I hate that word, which we can talk about after, but um, I really thought, you know, we were just going to get married and I was going to get pregnant right away. And even before we got married, we weren't necessarily careful. So I was like, that's weird, but whatever. Um, so I didn't wait very long to go get everything checked out. Um, like with a fertility doctor, we only waited about six months. Most couples wait at least a year. Um, and obviously at the time I was like 30 years old. So I figured like, whatever, you know, um, and there, there wasn't really much of an explanation, but we did have to go through certain procedures like he did and I did. And then we started in the journey, let's say a year into finding out that like, this might be difficult for us. We started our journey with IUIs. So I did five IUIs, most of them without hormones because my body was hormonally working really well and it just was unnecessary. Um, and obviously they weren't successful. And then, then we went into IVF and on my first, I did a retrieval and then I was overstimulated, um, which happens. I also felt everything because for whatever reason, like the fentanyl or whatever drugs they give you in the States, they put you under, which by the way, I feel like they should do, should do that here too. I don't know if they do that in, in Ontario, but here they don't put you under, they sedate you, but yeah. you, you feel it and it's weird. And I felt everything. So it was just a really bad experience. Um, and anyway, when I put in my first embryo with IVF, like six weeks later or whatever, I ended up having an ectopic which was extremely traumatizing, um, to say the least. I mean, you had an ectopic, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Um, I think, you know, I almost feel lucky that I had done IVF because we knew that I, like, we knew what we were in for. It's like scarier almost. I mean, I don't know what's scarier because, because you're waiting for something to happen Whereas like when you get pregnant naturally and then it's, it's an ectopic, I mean, you could lose your two, but it's just, the whole thing is anyway, it's traumatizing to say the least. And then I ended up still in the ER after doing two doses of methotrexate with a tubal abortion and in her internal bleeding, which ended up resolving itself. So I didn't lose a tube. Um, and then I had to wait obviously because of the methotrexate and then Months later, did another embryo transfer, also with no hormones. Like I did a lot of natural, like I do a lot of natural cycles because again, like I said, you know, it just actually works better for me. Um, and I ended up getting pregnant, which was wonderful. Although I miscarried at like six and a half weeks and probably wouldn't have known if I wasn't getting, you know, ultrasounds know. done. IVF, it's like, it's a great because you have more information, but then it's frustrating because then you have more information. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. A girlfriend, a girlfriend of mine, like for example, got pregnant through IVF and because you get your blood work done so early, her numbers were really, really low. Right. And if she wasn't going through IVF, they wouldn't be testing her yet, but she got really anxious because the number was so low and she thought, well, that means I'm going to lose the topic. Is it a chemical? Yeah. It's done. It's it's, it's not happening for me. And then it just continued to grow. So it's like, I had to almost remind her, like, because you're in it, you're actually getting more information earlier than you you should. Yeah. Or that you like, 
Yeah, it's like catch 22. It is because, you know, on one hand, like what I want, you know, in a pregnancy, the sack and everything to keep growing in the embryo is no longer viable, but I want to walk around for another four weeks, you know, not knowing that because most people do miscarry around that time, but then they only find out at 10 or 11 weeks when their body finally figures out what's happening, you know? So on one hand, it's like, great. But on the other hand, when you do get pregnant and when it is like, let's say viable, it feels so long, you know, so much, it takes the joy out of it. It's like most people really only find out they're pregnant when they're like, what, six, seven weeks pregnant. Right. And for people like in who are infertility, you know, from like the minute that your egg was taken out of your body, what's happening. And it's like, it just feels so long. So for anyone that's listening that has not been through fertility, those first three months where you're keeping it to yourself, like feels like four times the amount of time for people who go through IVF. Or I also have been toying with this idea, this conversation around, um, I think you've, you already feel you've lost a lot of these like precious moments of the, like, you know, unveiling that you're pregnant. The magic. Yeah. Yeah. Unveiling that you're pregnant to your family or, um, you know, having that moment where you pee on a stick and like you, all these, these, um, like what society tells us are these special moments in pregnancy. You feel like you're losing them when you have to get fertility treatment, but I want to like turn it on its head and be like, we need to paint a different picture of what the truth is behind getting pregnant and what those milestones look like. It's, it's like similar to how women are viewed in the movies, you know, like 20 years ago is like, that's what they are. And you're like, no, you need to change the way that is. And I, I feel like we're responsible, especially people that are speaking about this to, to change that. I totally agree. I think it, you know, it's the same thing that when people look in at, like you said, like movies or social media and you look at people's marriages and you're seeing a highlight reel. And the reality is, it's like most got, you know, you're not, you're you're probably not coming home on Friday from work to a house filled with flowers and a dinner with candles. Like you're going to come home and be like, well, what do you want to eat? And what do you like social media when I'll see certain influencers with massive followings posting things. And I'm like, guys, like for the girls that are watching me, because they're a lot of them are younger, they're not married, they're dating. I'm like, don't expect this. Yeah. Cause yeah. because, because even me, a lot of us again with the fertility, it was like, I was told like I'm Jewish and you know, I grew up in a very small, like whatever. I feel like all these the communities that we all usually grow up in yep. are pretty small. Right. But, but I grew up thinking I'm going to get married at some point in my late twenties, maybe early thirties. Like I'm going to meet a guy, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a baby within a few years. Um, I'm going to be a mom. Then I'm going to have a business. Like, like I had a whole idea because that's what is the standard. Right. And for me to wrap my head around the fact that that's not my reality was really the hardest part. One of the hardest parts, because I felt like, well, what do you mean? Like my life has always been on this trajectory. Like, what do you mean? I'm not going to get, I'm not getting what I want. What do you mean that this isn't how it's going to work? Like, like, okay. And now I did IVF. Like, of course, now that I've done IVF, I'm going to get my baby. It doesn't work that way. Oh, and life doesn't no. just always work that way. You know, do, so. do you feel like as hard, obviously you don't wish this on anyone, but, um, no. although it's been really hard road for you, is there any silver linings? Like, do, do, like it obviously has changed the way you look at your life. Yeah. Like we've talked a lot about that. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, 
fertility, like it, it's, it's like you're on a path and then all of a sudden they kicks you into, you know, it's like a fork in a road that you have not made given the decision, which one you want to go to. Yeah. Like I would never, I always say the same thing. Like I wouldn't wish on anyone, but I wouldn't give it back. Like, like what it's, given to me is number one. I say that the number one thing is perspective. Like I said earlier, I grew up extremely privileged in a very tight knit community. If I wanted something, I got it like by whatever means that meant, like, you know, I always had a job. I always worked. I always was a grateful, nice person, but I, like I said, was headed for this plan of my life that a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know have gone into because they got pregnant when they got after they got married. And that's amazing. And I think it's such a blessing. But for me, you know, that obviously wasn't what was planned for me. And I ended up starting to share my life online based off the fact that like, I really thought I was going to get pregnant and just be a mom right away and figure out all the other stuff later. And that wasn't what was planned for me. So it gave me like this push to like share things online, like the, the tips of like health, wellness, things that I was into. And I've created a full brand and a full career out of that. And then on top of that, like I just, between my community and talking to women from all over the world, all different walks of life, all races, all ages, all, I just, it just changed me, but then also not getting what I want when I want it and not having control has made me just into a person that I really love and respect and admire. And I'm not saying that I didn't before. I just never thought about it before. I just never really thought about who I was, what my place in this world was or anything. I just was like, no, I'm just going through the motions because that's, and if I would have had a baby right away, I would have continued to go through the motions. And maybe in my forties, you know, I would have woken up and been like, oh, who am I? What do I like? What am I doing? What's this? What's that? So I kind of got that before, you know? So that's what, and it is what it is. Like, I'm super blessed in so many ways. This is my struggle, you know? I can relate to that for sure. And I also think, you know, you could have kept this quiet. You, you, you easily I did. Could have, I did, by the way, for a, for while. a while, you know, but so you've been playing this dual life where, you know, yeah. you were going through one of the hardest things so Never. unexpected. Um, and I'm sure from even a relationship standpoint, it's like, how do we then navigate this? And you, I think you guys got married and started this journey quickly after. So it's like, even from that newlywed perspective, I feel like that was robbed from you guys a little bit. Right. Um, so you're online, you're building your community. Um, and was there something that happened where you were like, I got to share this. Like, it's just, I'm feeling now I'm not even like, I'm not aligned now to this person that is public. So like what happened there? So, um, First of all, when I started sharing my, like when I started sharing on Instagram, I had already been in fertility. Like it, it was before a little bit. And then when I had that, when I had the topic after that happened, and after I went through that, I was like, I really thought honestly that I was going to do an IUI. Me too. Me too. Like I was like, I really thought like, okay, I'm doing fertility. I'm doing what I got to do. So I'm going to get pregnant. Yeah. You were kind of, yeah, yeah, you were kind of like not to interrupt you, but, um, but I'm going to interrupt you. (laughs) Please do. Was that, um, 
you're like, why share something that's actually not even relevant to my life? Because it's just going to be a little bit of a push and a support. And then we're going to get pregnant. And this isn't going to be part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really thought I'm going to do an IUI and I'm going to get pregnant. And I did one and didn't work. I did two. And then, and then eventually I was like, okay, now I'm going to do IVF. And now I'm hundred percent going to get pregnant because it's IVF. Like, you know what I mean? So when the topic happened, it was like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like I didn't even, first of all, I didn't even know what an ectopic pregnancy was. I never even like heard of it. Me too. And that's one, two. And I was like, you put an embryo Ugh. in my vagina, in my uterus. How the f did I know. get in my fallopian tube? Like it makes sense when it's natural because it all meets there, which also didn't know that till like we don't know any of this shit. There's now no fertility health way. education. There's none. Like I, you really like I'll talk to my friends who have two, three children and have like literally given birth and done it all. And I'm like, this is how it works. You, your, your estrogen, like, like I explain how the hormone, like whatever, and like how it mimics and I, and they're like, and like, they've had full babies and they have I've no had, idea what even happened. Right. Like I've had, a, I have a, a, I have no idea. I honestly, but on that topic, and we'll go back to how it came back to online on the topic of that. And I say this all the time to people and what I really think people need to understand. And this is my, per- this is my perception and my opinion. Making a baby is a miracle. Okay. Babies are miracles and they're not, it, the process isn't supposed to be perfect. And when you do IVF, you are taking a process that is supposed to be a miracle that just happens. And you are trying to make it perfect because in order to get to the stage of taking out the egg, making an embryo, putting it back in the whole thing, it's got to all line up and be quote unquote, perfect. And when you do that, you're asking for roadblocks. Okay. And sometimes people get lucky and they don't, but most times there's going to be roadblocks. So like, if I would have been getting, you know, if me and my husband were better matched, you know, fertility wise, and we got pregnant naturally, and this miracle happened when it was just happened and whatever, that would be wonderful. But now we're trying to mechanically make something happen, which is such an amazing thing that we have this opportunity and that we are all like able to do this, but it doesn't mean that it's just going to happen. You have to understand that you're, 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 you're taking something that's supposed to be done miraculously and naturally somewhat, and you're really making it into like a science project. And it's, you know, so that is so well said. Yeah. I, I don't know another is, way to put it. Like, I, it, like you're people so don't get it right. Because like, people talk to you and you're in IVF and they're like, what's taking so long? And I'm like, you're not understanding how babies are made. It's not supposed to be like this. It's an amazing thing that we have the opportunity, but it's not supposed to be like this. Well, that's like, you know, if you weren't in IVF and you have missed miscarriages, you could have a bunch of them before you get pregnant, but you yeah. don't know. And yeah. it's or, or so true, by the way, I know. And another thing I always find these stories around like, oh, I did IVF for years and then I got naturally pregnant. It also, sh- I know I roll my eyes too, <laughs> it, but it also shows that even if you do get that perfect everything, if your body, there is some form of like timing and yeah, and your body, like, like, I don't, you know, I know you're a spiritual person too. It's like that universe spinning something up. Um, there's that too, you know, there's yeah. that part of it too. So 100%. Yeah. yeah and- so just to go back, like, so I had the topic and I was kind of like, 
how is this happening? Like I've already like had, like in my mind at that point, this was like three years ago, three summer, like in my mind, I'm like, I've already had to do IVF. Like I've already had to put my body through this. Like now I have to go through this. Like, what do you mean? Like I've already given up the peeing on the stick and the whole magic of it all. And now like I'm here, like, what do you mean? And now I'm even in a hospital. So I was like, how could I have this platform and talk to this many women? Cause predominantly my following is women and not talk about this. Like I, again, going back to what I said earlier, like when you get pregnant naturally, or even when it's IVF or whatever, and you walk around those first three months and it feels like you're holding this huge secret and you're keeping this whole secret. And it's like, all you think about, that's what it feels like to be infertility when you're not talking about it. It feels like you have this huge thing. It's your entire life and you can't talk about it. So your relationships suffer because you're like not really getting deep with people. You're, you kind of are avoiding, you don't really want to talk about it. It's like the same thing that I, the only way I can explain to people who have not been in fertility is that feeling you feel when you're first pregnant and you're keeping it to yourself and you kind of avoid people because you don't, you can't open up about what's going on in your life. So I felt that way for years. And I was like, I need to free myself. And I don't give a shit what anyone says and I don't care. And I knew that I had this larger window of time in terms of months before I was gonna be trying to get pregnant again. So I knew that people weren't gonna be on me in terms of like trying to calculate when my next this would be or that, you know what I mean? Like I felt like there was enough time between when I told my story to when I'd be trying to get pregnant. Cause I am superstitious. I don't want people's minds on when and if and how I'm getting pregnant, you know? Um, so I shared it on YouTube. I made like a three part thing and I just told my whole story. And what was the response? I mean, it was insane. Like it was like, I mean, it was 95% incredible people coming out of the woodwork, just being like, I went through IVF for this many years and I have two children or, you know, you'd hear all the different stories. And it was so amazing because I was like, wow, I'm not alone, which I knew, Yeah. but like, it was nice. Um, but then with that also made me like, okay, I just opened up the floodgates. Like when I'm in fertility, when I'm doing a retrieval, when I'm, you know, doing a transfer and waiting or whatever I'm doing, I don't want to know every person's story because that's not going to be my story. We all have a different story. So I was just a little like, I don't know, you know, and then everyone has a different set of boundaries and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Like even this morning I posted someone's question asking yep. me like, like they're not asking, someone asked me just for anyone listening who wouldn't know, um, what's the story with your, with having a baby? Like, I know you were trying to like, what's the status? And it was like, the person asking is not a mean person. They're not trying to they're just literally asking because they're curious, but it's like, first of all, you're asking in the most like in unpersonal way. You don't know me personal, personal. It's not your business. If I'm not talking about it, why are you talking about it? And I just, I think that there's a really big issue with boundaries. And I think that it's not, again, that these people or anyone asking are bad people or that they would want to trigger anyone because no one really wants to make people feel, most people don't want to make people feel bad but we're all raised differently and we all just do things, you know, you get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, and that, that's the risk, I guess, that you take as opening up and having to take oh, the, platform, a a the balance. Right. You know? And so, um, 
what is that balance? Like what's working for you right now? I mean, obviously you're on the podcast, which is amazing. And I'm just so grateful for you to come on and, and be able to like, you know, really let's dive into this, right. Yeah. Versus day to day. I mean, there's people I on no issue talking about it. Like I'm a super in open your, book. If in I your, in, yeah. And, you and, but even control. if I ran into one of my followers, okay. Who I never met before. And they yeah. were like, Oh my God, I'm in IVF too. Like I would be like, let's sit down and talk for an hour. Like I'm super open. Like we spoke, I'm not, I'm an open book, but I'm aware of social media and I'm aware of the way it works. And it's like, I don't know if you've seen the meme where it's like, this is social media. It's like, I have three apples and it's like, so what you hate oranges. So then you hate bananas. Like you say one thing and it gets twisted and turned and perception is a funny thing. Like someone can read something and I can mean it in one way and it can be perceived in 10 different ways. And I can't control that narrative. So my whole thing with fertility and in public, and I get an average of 15,000 views a day on my story. So that's 15,000 people hearing something. And even if they don't hear the whole thing, or if my tone is off, like, however, they're going to register and perceive that is very different than what I've probably said. Right. So I'm aware of that. And I'm very careful with a lot of things that I talk about. Not like I used to, at the beginning of my social media career, talk about supplements all the time. And I still will, but I'm really careful about it now. Cause I'm like, I don't want I don't know what you're going through in your life and what that supplement might do to you and that you're not going to go check and do your own due diligence and research. And then I feel like it's my responsibility and I don't want to feel that, you know? So I've learned, um, but I'm open about the fact that I'm infertility in and out of fertility. As you know, like, I think people also assume that when you're infertility, you're always infertility. You're not, you're being thrown in and out of it left, right. And that's why you have the most perfectly named podcast of life (laughs) because it's all about day one, because people don't realize that it's like, it's not all the time. It is all the time, but it's not right. And, and, and the being catapulted back and forth is horrible, but, but the point is, so they know I'm in, in and out of fertility. They know I obviously want to start a family. Um, I will not talk about my specific situation. So I had a miscarriage, just as an example, at the end of May this year. And I shared that, but I didn't say I had a miscarriage. This is what happened. I went on this day and I was this many weeks. I don't share the details because it doesn't matter. What the details are of me for me, like your situation and my situation are completely different, but we understand that we're both in this journey and we know what that feels like. And we know what day one feels like. And we know it, you know what I mean? So that's all that I share. I share that I'm in it. And I share that if they need to talk, they can DM me. And if I want to get into it that day, I will. And if I don't, then I'll, you know, politely push it off. So I've, I've learned the balance, I think. And I think what's great about opening up is then you become someone that can educate on it. Yeah. You know, it, 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 you're not, you're now someone that you can use your platform. Yes. You can pick and choose when you want to tell your own story, but because you've opened up about it, you can, you know, come on a podcast like this and become someone that's educating and opening the conversation up, which I think right. is so valuable um, because everything you're saying from my perspective is like, some of this stuff could just be avoided if people actually wanted to understand or be a little bit educated. But they don't. Exactly. And and that is, was, and that's why I love a podcast because the truth is, is that most people that follow me 
are not necessarily there for fertility, right? They're not, because that's not really my content, but the people that are going to come here and listen to this podcast want to know. So if they're going to stick around for the hour or whatever it is that goes up, it's because they're obviously, they're not doing it to be like, mm, I wonder what's going on in KG's fertility journey. Like, really, are you going to dedicate an hour? And if you are, then like, whatever, maybe, you know, maybe. But, but chances are it's not going to be 15,000 people. But, but, but I guess my point though is, is so great. Let's grab them in to right. learn about your story, but indirectly they get to be educated. And that's right, what it, if they want, but you have to want to be educated, right? Like some people really just want the headline. They just want to know the gossip. They want to know the juice. And that's, and by the way, even with COVID, like just, just bringing COVID yeah. to this, it's the same thing. Like I just had COVID and like, you know, a lot of people were super nice and like, how are you? And, and most, not most, but a lot of people were like, is it the variant? Is it this like, hi, I'm a human regardless of any other external factors, the first question should be, are you okay? How do you feel? But I guess what I'm, what I mean is look right there through this for whatever the decision is for people to listen in, you've been, you can educate. So it's like, you know, and I, and I respect that so much because I, you know, I've indirectly been educated on things. I didn't necessarily always think, oh, I want to be educated on this, but people I respect or that I look up to, or that I'm interested in decided they were going to use their platform for that. And so, oh, oh, okay. So I get to be, uh, I get to evolve. You are able through your platform to evolve your community, whatever they're, you know, the preface of precipice of their deciding to listen in, they are going to come out of this more evolved because you've just provided education. And on that note, like, what do you feel from, you know, you've, I think it's been five years for you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? With a lot of breaks. With a lot that of breaks. Weren't, with a lot of breaks that weren't necessarily like of my choosing, but like, it's again, that's something people need to understand. You know, like sometimes people in my life are like, oh, still, and I'm like, it's not been five years of every month I'm doing an egg retrieval and every month I'm putting in an embryo. Like that's what people think. I they hear know. five years and they're like, what? And I'm like, five years, but like, do you know how much lag time yes, there has been? And that how many is like still... years of, you know, but I'm just saying like people, that's something in terms of educating, like just because someone's in fertility or whatever, like it's, you're in it, in those five, like but like you're getting treatment, you're, not. you're getting, yeah. you're not getting treatment for five years straight, but exactly. you are fucking in that journey for five years oh, because yeah. yeah, I just put, put up a episode. A couple well, the desire ago. to have a baby doesn't go away. People getting pregnant, like from having sex one time doesn't go like all the things around it don't go away, but well, I'm not sitting doing an egg retrieval every month for like, that's what people assume. Like, right. Well, what's taking so long? It's like, Oh, it's a, is it hard for you to wait around? Like, yeah. yeah. Like I, I just, I feel sometimes a couple things, first of all, the, the breaks or the lag times I find can be harder than yeah. when you're in treatment, but also, um, it is five years because it's been five years of you wishing for a baby. It's been five years of you trying to manage a relationship through all this. It's been five years straight of you being triggered and have to manage that. Like it has still been five years, you know, treatment is rolled in to those five years, but there's no real break. That's why I honored the five years because, um, it is a mental, like they say it's a marathon and, um, 
and it, that for me, that's a hard word because when you're in it, it's like, yeah, it's a marathon. It's hard to live that what, like that you're in a marathon when you're out of it. That's advice that typically you get, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, but people don't, to your point, it's not necessarily that you're in treatment for five years, but you're freaking living with this shit for five years. And then year after year, it gets harder and layered and on and on yeah, and on. You get tired. You're tired. You're like fed up, you know? And it's like, it's like, for me, I'm like, I know I'm going to have my, sorry, my dog is working. Can you hear it? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my um, God. Come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. She's so cute, but like, she's crazy. Um, yeah. Like I know, like, there's not one part of me that's not, that's like, it's never going to happen. Like, I know I'm going to have children because I'm going to do it by any means necessary, but I'm just like, how much more do I have to go through? And really it's almost like, you know, when they say like buying a house or selling a house, it's like, it just takes one. Like it just takes that one embryo that's going to work and that's meant to be your, your baby. And it's just going to happen, you know, and you just have, you really have to be like a soldier. Like you just have to soldier through, like you can't, on one hand, you have to protect your mental space, but you also have to like, just, you just have to like soldier through. I don't know another way, you know, and sometimes that's really hard obviously. Um, but like I said, it's like, it just takes that one and eventually something's got to get right. Like for sure. Either you're saying you're stopping or it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You've either had enough, you know, and you know, when that time is, but more often than not, like I've never met a person that wanted to have a child and didn't get a child, you know, whatever that means whether totally. that means that they got it through 15 rounds of IVF or they got a surrogate or they adopted or, 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 or I've never really met a person that didn't, wasn't successful in their journey, you know? So true. And, and it's like that eye on the prize, right? And it could be 10 years. Yeah. You know? Eye on the prize. So yeah. what, what are some things like through the, through the years that have been really triggering for you. I, you and I agreed on something that I know for sure people listening won't um, relate to, but I'm not personally, and I don't know if that is just because I have my own kid, but like my trigger is not when someone else is pregnant. No, it doesn't bother me. And for me, and this is like, we are just talking about each other right now, but for me, it's like, I just feel like my journey is my journey. Like I, it doesn't, I can't control the others. You're not comparing my, yourself. Yeah. My time will come. I guess yeah. I, I feel like my time will come and you and I relate on that. And I, and I look, I don't think, I think that is a hard concept for a lot of people. And I can totally yeah. understand why going to baby showers and get, having your friends, um, have pregnancy, why that can be triggering. Totally. I have other yeah. really hard triggers for myself. What, what are some things that you've had to overcome? I really don't, I think something that I find difficult is people who have not been in fertility treatments giving advice, like, well, why don't you just like get a donor or why don't you, um, like, like, why don't you just get a surrogate? Like, why don't you just, just things like that. And I'm like, I'm in this. Do you think that I haven't thought of every possible 
scenario that would help my situation? Like, do you honestly think that you're coming to me with something that my team of doctors, acupuncturists, people in the community who I, you know, know who have done fertility, like, do you really think, so like, I think that is really triggering, like just people, especially people who get pregnant naturally really easily and who have really kind of always gotten what they wanted fast. And then they give this, their two cents as if it's like, that they're like Gandhi and they just came out with this amazing advice. And I'm like, are you like, I find that triggering because I want to defend my fertility. Yeah. Like I want to be like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I don't need a surrogate or I don't need like, and I'm not saying it like that. Like there's nothing wrong with getting a surrogate. I'm saying it like getting a surrogate is a specific situation. It's not just like a universal fix. I know a lot of people easy. come to me saying that I'm like, like, that's really not my issue. Yeah. But that's what that's so I always say to people, I could be a surrogate because I yeah. get pregnant, you yeah. know, or like, or, or, or whatever. Like, it's like, sometimes it's just shit fucking luck. Okay. And like, it just is what it is. And like, sometimes if I had a different partner, maybe I would be getting pregnant really easily. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, the mix of our situation isn't great. If I wasn't, so now that I'm in IVF, everything is like, like, like movable. Like, no, like I have to see through my situation and it is what it is, you know? So yeah, that's really triggering. Like people just who don't get it and giving advice that they think is helpful. But like, if you would just use two minutes of your brain, like I'm in fertility with a team of doctors. You really think that you're coming to me with something I haven't thought of already. Like it's not helpful. And I think it all comes back to education. Like it does like, and that is, that is the, and I know you also have some really strong opinions on the word infertility, which I find. Yeah. I hate it. yeah. Can, can you walk, walk me through that? Cause I, I, I think, just, this is a, I, I think a lot of people are sitting here and I'm, it's getting phased out for sure, but you've done a really great job in our past conversations on explaining yeah. that. I hate that word. It's like, it's it's a fertility journey. Like it's not an infertility journey. Like I'm not infertile. I'm not lesser than I'm not whatever. I'm just, this is the, this is the hand I was dealt with this situation. And a lot, most people going through their fertility journeys are not infertile. They're actually fertile and able to get pregnant, but they're having trouble for whatever reason that is, whether it be the food and and all the pesticides and toxins that are in our food, whether it be like whatever the reason is, they're having issues, but it doesn't mean that they're infertile. Like I just, I just don't like it. It it makes me feel triggered. It may, it makes me feel bad about myself. And I don't understand why, like there's a page I followed, I unfollowed them and they would always be like infertility, infertility. And I was like, just the word itself is so triggering. Why isn't it just a fertility journey? Because the the whole goal at the end is that you're going to have a baby, right? So by saying you're infertile, you've mindset, like done, like slash, like, forget it. You've just, you've labeled me. I'm this, you know? So true. And you know, how, how have you guys? and, and, And also another thing, like if someone gets pregnant naturally and has a miscarriage or has a chemical pregnancy or has a molar pregnancy or has a, has a ectopic pregnancy or whatever it is. Does that mean they're infertile? Because like doing IVF is just a means to getting pregnant. 
it's a, it's helping, it's an assisted way of getting pregnant, but you're not like reinventing the wheel. You know what I mean? Like you're still using your the sperm, you're using an egg. It's just the, the matter in which it's happening. It doesn't mean you're infertile because you're going to, you end up, most people end up with a baby, right? Right. End up pregnant. So, so, so it just doesn't make sense to me. I feel, um, if I'd summed up what you just said, it feels negative. And yeah. when a word feels negative, it's very hard already when you're going through fertility treatment to have a positive mindset. But yeah. when you're having to explain something that already feels negative, like words are power and words mean something and words can have an impact on the way you express yourself. And so I think the word infertility automatically feels negative. And so I can see like for you, it's like, it, it triggers you in that way. And it puts you to your point in a position of negativity rather than exploration or, you know, positive forward thinking or mindset work. So that's, that's what I've kind of summed up from, from what you were talking about. Yeah. And I think just in general, it's like luck of the draw. Like, I really think that like, it's so common to have issues getting pregnant, you know, totally. there are people who it could take two, three years and they'll still, they'll, and they won't go into IVF just yet. And they'll end up getting pregnant naturally because it's a miracle and it just happened and whatever. But you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that it's just like, it's just the luck of the draw and it's not, it sucks to have to go through it, but it's just so common these days. And it's so common. And like, it's just not, it just, you're just, at the end of the day, you're just not infertile. You're not actually infertile. So yes. why is that the word? You're having trouble conceiving. You're having, yeah, exactly. One thing I wanted to touch on quickly is, you know, a lot of people that myself included, I feel like our relationship has had to evolve, obviously, through all of that. You know, how have you been coping with that? How, how What are some you know, it's so hard because whether it is low ovarian reserve, whether it is, um, PCOS male infertility, like all the reasons it does come down to, unfortunately the female having to, or somebody with, with, or with, um, ovaries having to endure a lot, a, a lot of it. And I try very hard not to throw that in Ev's face, um, but it's hard not to. So it's been a long time for you guys. Like, how do you navigate that? I mean, we always say, like, I feel like we weren't given a fair chance and a fair shot because we, you know, basically within six months of being married and like before we got married, we were only together we dated for like a year. We were engaged for a year. So like, it was like honeymoon phase, honeymoon phase, like this amazing relationship, amazing. And then it was like, oh my God, like we're about to go through really hard times. Um, so it's like twofold. Like on one hand, I kind of went through the half of my fertility journey without, I'm a really independent person and I'm someone who like like my mom, like, for example, would be like, when, when, as I got older and I would go to the doctor's office, like, she'd be like, Oh, I'll come with you. And I just, like, I was like, 
no, not because I didn't want support, not even about fertility, like just yeah, anything. Because yeah. like, I don't want to have to worry about you waiting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just someone who like, just wants to handle stuff on my own. So I really went through a lot of it alone, not because my husband wouldn't be supportive. I just was like, like, why can't he go to work? Like, I'm so rational that I was just like, he doesn't physically really need to be there. So why do I need to involve him? So I made that mistake in the beginning because then he felt very disconnected from it. I needed support. The reality is, and I think anyone listening should really hear what I'm saying. Being infertility, regardless if you have the best partner in the world, the best friends, the best family, is a very isolating experience because it is your body. It's exactly what you just said. No matter why you're there, as a woman, you're the one that has to go through it and no one will ever understand what you're truly going through. Even other people in fertility will understand, but like everyone's situation is different. So I think for, for the perspective, and again, obviously there's same-sex relationships and blah, 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 but in my situation... My husband could never understand what I'm going through. He could never understand what it feels like to be a woman who I identify as fertile and someone whose everything is working properly and feel like, why am I having to freaking do this to myself? What are the long-term effects of what this is going to do to me? I'm sure it's going to be fine, but like it's out there. And not knowing how to ask for support. Like, I don't know. There's nothing anyone can do can do for you, but be there for you. Like the only thing that would make it better is to like put a baby on a healthy baby on my lap. And that's not going to happen like that way. Right. So you just have to learn to navigate in the relationship. So I think for us, it's been really hard. Um, there's been a lot of resentment that is really unexplained because on one hand, it's like, it's not his fault or my fault, but I'm just like annoyed that I'm in the situation. And as you know, and anything any married couple or woman knows, you usually take out, like you usually talk to like your husband or get into fights. Like you would never talk to anyone like that sometimes, <laughs> you know, not all the time, but like you really show your full range of self. <laughs> and, 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 let's, and you're on hormones. And you're on hormones. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you have no control and, 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 and so you do take it out a little bit on your partner because you're like, you were in this together, but like, I'm the one going through this. And in my case, and I'm sure in a lot of people's, I think that the men really don't know how to support um, and what to do. And there's nothing they, it's like I said, it's an isolating experience. There's nothing anyone can do anyway. Um, so it's, it's, it's been hard. I mean, listen, we've been in and out of couples therapy for years. Um, you know, it's taken a toll at moments on our sex life. Uh, you know, there's times where I can't have sex because of things that I'm doing or whatever I'm in. And it just changes things. And it doesn't mean, necessarily mean it's, it's like, it's the same thing I said about like, the, like that I wouldn't trade it in. Like, I feel horrible that like, this is where we are and that we've had to go through this, but I also feel like we're equipped. Like, I feel like no matter what we're going to be handed in life, like we've gotten the like crash course and a half and like, but it's really hard on the marriage. And I think you have to just like the same way that you fight to get your baby and you fight through the, the hormones and all the shit, you have to fight for your marriage, you know? And I think another thing I will say, and I got this um, from someone early on in my journey, and I think it really helped me at some point in everyone's relationship and marriage, you're going to go through something, whether that's someone loses a parent, a child gets sick, 
God forbid, for any of these things, um, someone loses a job, money, house, mortgage, like uh, whatever. You're no one goes through life unscathed, and eventually you will hit a rough something where you're not on the same page, and you go through something. And like, unfortunately for me, and you know, maybe for you, this is what it is for now. And you just have to hope that that's what it is, you know? Yeah, it's like, it is definitely. Like you just try to do things to like relieve yourself from like the situation you're in, but you just got to fight through it. And then at the end of the day, you can kind of look back and be like, wow, like I still like you. Like I actually still get along with you. Like that's pretty amazing considering. So you have to like see it that way. Yeah. And you know, it's also even if you weren't going through fertility stuff, being married for five years, you know, so it's, so it's like, you're trying to be like, is this the fertility? Is this marriage stuff? Is this, you know, it's all muddy and it's all mushed in together. And, um, you know, what, and it is what it is. Like, it's, it's, that's such an annoying thing to say, but like, this is the journey. Like, are you going to give up? Like, to me, I always say to myself, like, sometimes I'm like, I'm so fed up. Like, I just want to like, like, I want to start over, like not with someone else, not that I would ever want, but I just, it's like, you just want to escape it. And then I'm like, but I've done all of this not to not get to the fucking good part. I know. Like we've worked so hard and we've been through so much. Like we deserve to get to the good part. Not that we don't have a good, there's a lot of good parts, but like we deserve to like go through that and like whatever that means, and meet, whatever, and meet your however baby. we're like, going to have our baby, yeah, exactly. yeah. Whatever, baby, whatever it's going to mean, like we deserve that, you know, yeah. and even getting a dog, like with my husband was like such a blessing because like, I was like, oh, wow, I actually should have kids with this person because he's the best dog dad and he's so loving and he's so amazing with her, with her. And like, obviously a dog's a dog, but like, you just find other things. I also think something that's super important, it might be harder for you because you have a, you have a kid together, but like, going on trips alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, now with COVID, it's like a bit more difficult, but like we used to always go on trips with other couples. And then like, when I started bringing him more into my journey, into the journey and everything, I was like, we also need to like go on trips together and just reconnect. Like you have to find ways to reconnect because when you're in, when you're really in the fertility and you're in treatment, it really takes a toll on your marriage. Yeah. And something I'm working on too, is like, there's actually traits about Ev where I'm like, I need to like lean into those things more. Like I'm usually more like head down or I'm whatever. And Ev's Ev can be really positive. Like the best example I can give, which is so unlike me, but we found out, um, when we found out both our embryos were abnormal, I was like this, I'm like about to like hit the couch and just like watch all the shows and order all the food. And like, that's my just day. like go into depression yeah. for, for a quick and, 48 hours. Yeah. And Ev was like, no, 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 we're going to go out. And we went, he, we like went to this like lakeside seafood restaurant and ended up ordering so champagne cool. and getting drunk together and, and had like, like an amazing night. Yes. And we had this like, honestly, I know this sounds so crazy. It was the highlight of my summer. The day we found out our embryos were abnormal for our relationship. But isn't that so amazing? Like when these things happen and you're like, wow, like what an amazing, like it makes you appreciate. But you have to be open to stretching yourself. And I think it's very hard when you have been in fertility treatment for years 
to be like, I want to be open to doing this differently. The point that I'm trying to make is I think we all have a choice on how we want to do this, this thing. Right. And I was getting to a point where it was starting to like, like I'm going down, you know, the ship's the ship is going down. And I'm not saying I still don't have days like that because of course, yeah, like you're the human. past couple of weeks have been shitty, but, but my point is that, um, I'm trying in my relationship to lean into Ev in new ways so I can experience this a bit differently. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's such a, but isn't that such an amazing, like, again, sucks that you're in it, but such an amazing thing. The same way I said earlier, like I wouldn't trade it in, in the perspective, like you, that's something where once you do have your baby and once you get through this, which you will, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, look at this toolbox that I have. And not just with your husband, but with other people, when you get into these situations where you have no control or you feel bad about something, you're like, well, let me actually flip this and let yes. me look at all the positives that I can. And like, or not the positives, like Whatever. literally we're cheersing being like, this is the most, like the worst day, day like, ever. let's just do this shit, you know? But I like, by I the think- way, it's so funny you say that because we had, we've had so many like letdowns and things. And like, we'll do that too. Like when it was during COVID, it would be like, we're going to order like from like Milo's, like the best restaurants, expensive, you know, and we're going to get like wasted. Yeah. And like, we would just end up like, and you're like, Oh, I I like you. Yeah. And I'm just, but then it, but it feels it's like, wow. Like I always say that, like, I'm always like, I've been through hell with this person and I still like him. Yep. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I have friends who have it all, like, or seem to have it all, and they fucking hate their husbands. Yep. Yep. Or they it's hate so their true. situations. And so true. And sometimes I hate my husband too. But when it's exactly what you're saying, when I go through something hard, I'm like, but I this is the only person that gets it and who's been there with me. Like it's this like it's a bond that you just it's like you wouldn't wish it on anyone, but you also are like, you'll never understand what that's really like, you know. Totally. And it's kind of amazing. It is kind of amazing. And you got to remind yourself of that, although it's day to day. It's hard. It's hard. Really it's hard. hard. Yeah. But something I would give as a, a piece of advice, like what I said before, if you're like me, um, like don't alienate your partner from, from the process, you know? And like, especially with COVID now, it's just even more alienating for the, for the man, because for me with my clinic here, like he's not allowed to come to my retrievals. He's not allowed to come to my transfers. Like it's like, so like, he's not even, it's as if it's not, he's not even a part of it. And like, then next thing, you know, like it's like how you have to also be rational as a woman and say like, how are they supposed to feel connected? Like be a mind reader. Like, so like whatever that means for you, even though you're already going through so much, just make your partner feel involved involve them take the minute to like sometimes he'll be like when's your next this and I'm like fuck off like (laughs) why are you asking me that like I'm not thinking about it right now but I have to be like kind and be like he's in this too yeah he wants a child too you know so (sighs) try not it is isolating but try to understand that like they don't know what to do like you have to get like you have you don't know what to do that's the problem too I'm saying but them too like like they really are like how do I, like, I love this woman. I want to help her. I want to make everything better. Men are there to, they think they're there to provide and give you everything and, and they can't. And it's, you know, so you have to also just be like kind to yourself, but also to your partner. 
which is hard, can be hard. I think that you've answered our final question already, but I'm going to ask it to you anyways, because you are a wealth of advice and maybe you'll, you'll spin it in a different direction, which is, you know, what would be the advice you would give someone starting day one of their fertility journey? I would from the go, I think there's a lot more resources now than there was five years ago. First of all, um, I would not go into it thinking like you have it made cause you're, you have to do IVF. I think you have to go into it and think like, I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough that I'm able to do IVF and that this is able like this, like you have to like, look at it like that. Like not, this is happening to me. It's happening for me. And I think that you need to like, that's a hundred percent. Okay. Because at the end of the day, we are really lucky that we have this opportunity and that we're, we are in a world where science is this amazing that you have, you know, these options. Cause however many years, what, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to maybe a little more than 30 years ago. Was it 1984? Like the first IVF? Yeah. Like or something. it was just, it was just the 40th anniversary of it. And but I don't like, know if you know so this. There's so many amazing, right. What? I don't know if you know this, but, and maybe we talked about it before, but I love talking about this. Do you know that the first patient for IVF did it through C-sections. What? What do you yeah. mean? I'm, I mean, like, that's how they got the eggs. That's how they did the transfer, like the whole thing. Yeah. They just kept so doing C-sections. My next thing was to say, like, we've come so far Yeah, yeah. in terms of like what we can do and what we can test and what we can this and what we can not. So, so going into it, I think you have to really set your mind up, get a therapist if you can. Um, and just understand that you're probably going to be in this for a little bit of time. What's the worst thing that happens? It works right away. It works right away for you. And you've had, you know, you, you, you had to get yourself in the right mindset, but get yourself in the right mindset and don't assume that it's just going to be a walk in the park because you, you know, Oh my God, I'm, I I've chosen, like I'm here now I'm doing the fertility. I've saved the money. So it's going to work. Doesn't mean it's going to work. And I'm not saying to be pessimistic. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be realistic because the letdowns of IVF are the worst part. And so that and really like in terms of your relationship, just, just try to always understand that although you're going through it, they're going through it too. And no one knows there's no handbook on how to deal with this and just try to carve out the time for each other and, you know, hold like space for each other because it's not easy. You have such, I love our conversations. I always, Me too. like, I think the I think our initial one was two hours. I know. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been two hours. So I'm sure, you know, that I'm just excited because I think this is just the oh, first of many. Oh, I have one many. more piece of advice. Oh, bring it. Anyone listening that maybe isn't infertility just yet, or is like, oh my God, do I need to? Just go check. Like the sooner you get on it, the sooner, like just go check. Like I can only imagine had I waited a full year or even, I mean, I know that a year is standard. So like whatever, but if you have a gut feeling that there's something, just go check in and not just fertility, like with anything, like I find a lot of people are just scared to know and they don't want to know, but it's like, just go check. Like, it's so common. Like there's nothing wrong with it. And like, if you're even just got married and you're, you don't want to like right away start or whatever it is, like, just go do the basic test. It's nothing. 
and like, just know where you are at. It's crazy because the fact that you, that's just not part of the protocol in your late twenties. It's like, it should be, you know, it's like a mammogram. Test everyone's AMH. Like, they yeah, should be like yeah. Like yeah. It, it just should become, it will, it will become, it I, will. I, I think it really will become, um, well, thank you so much again for, for joining. Like this you're so amazing. Fun. Okay. You are too.